Hello and welcome to Podcasts at Midchurch. A character from an award-winning TV series said this, Stories. There is nothing more powerful than a good story. Nothing can stop it. No enemy can defeat it. Jesus is the master storyteller. The stories Jesus told over 2,000 years ago remain just as relevant today. The stories Jesus told have the power to transform lives, unite the divided, heal the broken, create hope in the hopeless, and restore dignity to the outcast and downtrodden. The stories Jesus told reveal God's great love for us. They also reveal that his greatest desire is for us to choose to follow him and then as forgiven and restored people, share the story of what he has done in our lives with others. This podcast is the third in a 2017 teaching series we did at Midchurch on the stories Jesus told. We pray that as you listen to each story, you will hear the voice of the master storyteller speaking into your heart, because these really are stories worth telling. There are few people in the world who do not enjoy receiving an invitation to a wedding. To a wedding. Who doesn't want to go to a wedding? And yes, of course, there are often extenuating circumstances, but mostly when you receive a wedding invitation, your heart lifts. It's a wedding. <laughs> it's about celebration. It's about joy. It's about food. <laughs> it's about family. It's about friends. It's about love. It's about hope. Weddings are about life. Weddings are about new beginnings. Weddings are about food. Oh, did I mention that already? Um, and just as an aside, when Karen and I got married, um, kind of aware, having been already at a few weddings in my ministry, kind of aware that sometimes the bride and the groom are distracted and may not get enough time to really enjoy the meal because they're around greeting people or people are coming to greet them. Or whatever. We actually had an item in our program, bridal table eats. <laughs> so that I could enjoy my meal. You know, I mean, I was looking forward to the food. Now, whether there are 10 people or there are 10,000 people, weddings are a blessed occasion. Eh? I mean, aren't they? Have you ever been to a wedding, really, where you thought, geez, this is a miserable affair? Never. Never. There are few words more lovely in any language than wedding banquet. Wedding banquet. I've been to a fair number of weddings in my time, and they are all beautiful. And it's not just because I'm a helpless romantic, but because weddings are such times of promise, times of joy, fellowship, laughter, feasting. To be honest, I'm sometimes a little disappointed and frustrated because I have to cut my feasting short at most of the weddings I attend, because usually they're a Saturday afternoon, and then I'm working on the Sunday morning and got to come to worship and so got to leave a bit earlier. Although I have, when I've shared this with some of my colleagues, they say, no ways, 
they party late into the night when they're at a wedding and then crawl out of bed on a Sunday morning to preach. Uh, I'm not so chilled, I'm afraid. But a wedding! A wedding! And to think that Jesus says in Matthew 22 verse 1 that the kingdom of God is like a wedding banquet. Let that settle for a second. The kingdom of God is like a wedding banquet. Now that simple phrase in itself could be enough for a whole uh, sermon. So any thoughts that you have in your mind that being a Christian and being a follower of Jesus is about misery and about despair and gloom and wretchedness, you need to get rid of that idea. Because following Jesus, being a citizen of his kingdom, is like being at a wedding banquet. Of course, it's not a perfect image, but it's a great image. And it's one that Jesus uses intentionally. The kingdom of God is like a wedding banquet. So, we continue our series uh, of stories that are worth telling. Stories that are worth telling, and this one is the wedding banquet. Now, unlike the previous two stories, which were quite personal challenges, if you think back two weeks ago, we were challenged um, in how we respond to God in faith. God loves us. We hear the good news. We, we hear that he wants to transform our lives, and, the, and we've got to work out how we respond. A very personal answer. I can't tell you how you respond. No one can tell you. Only you uh, know. And so that story about the different soils. So what kind of soil is your soul? in responding to God. Very personal question. Then last week, also a very personal challenge. It was about forgiveness. Um, and how there is no end to forgiveness. And we were challenged to consider relationships in our lives, hurt in our lives. Uh, is there unforgiveness that we need to forgive others? Again, only you can answer that. That's a very personal challenge. Uh, but this one um, is more about God's heart. This is more about God's plans. God's purposes, uh, this story. Now both Matthew and Luke record this story, but we're going to re read uh, Matthew's version. Madeline, if you'd put it up for us, please, and just follow um, from Matthew 22. Jesus spoke to them again in parable stories, saying, The kingdom of God is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and he said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatted cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention. They went off, one to his field, another to his business. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners, invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets. They gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. So he asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Amen. So as we must always do when we approach um, the stories of Jesus, there are two tasks uh, for us. First, 
to get some sense of the significance of the story for those who heard it for the first time, for the original audience for whom it was intended. Because Jesus is telling a group of people 2,000 years ago, what does the story mean for them when they hear it for the first time? Secondly, what is God saying to us today uh, through this story? What are some of the eternal truths Jesus reveals in the telling of this story? So those are the two things. Let's get to the first uh, part. Jesus tells this particular story in the last week of his life. He had just entered Jerusalem in triumph, Palm Sunday. Uh, Then he causes some trouble in the temple. He turns over the tables of the money changers. Then he has some altercations with some of the religious leaders. And in the last verse of chapter 21, so just before what we read a moment ago, the, the verse just before that says this, They looked for a way to arrest Jesus, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. They were looking for a way to arrest him. In response, Jesus doesn't shy away from his opponents. He just turns up the heat a little bit by telling this story. You might think, what is a wedding banquet? What what, What is that all about? Well, this parable has definite significance for the people of that week before he's crucified, before the Passover. What is the story about? The host of the story, the king, is God. Who are the special guests that are invited? Israel. To join in the wedding banquet of his son, Jesus. Jesus is the culmination of God's plans for Israel and the world. All the preparations are complete. What does he say at the start of the story? The preparations are complete. The meal is really apparently um, in the ancient, uh, ancient world, in that part of the world, you would, I suppose it's like sometimes now we give a date to remember. Before you get your invitation, it's a date to remember, uh, or book the date or whatever we call it. So already, the guests are already invited, but now the host is preparing, and now it's ready. So now those who have accepted the invitation already, they've accepted it, are now told, come, it's ready. It's time to come and enjoy the feast. The meal is ready. So Israel is invited to be part of God's work of salvation to the world through Jesus. This is very important. They've now prepared, um, and God is saying, it's time. It's time. My son is here, the Messiah is here. Let's get to work in my kingdom. However, even though Israel's history had prepared them for this, had molded them to recognize and accept God's son, the Messiah, most refused. And so now, something happens. Most refuse. Because they've been prepared through their whole history. Uh, They've accepted the invitation through Abraham, as it were. God's chosen, God's invited people. Now it's time, God says, come, the meal is ready. The Messiah is here, and many uh, refuse. So then God says, oh, well, all are invited, actually. The Gentiles, too, are to come to this wedding banquet. The second set of guests in the parable that are invited are the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, um, and the Jews didn't like them, as we know. Now, not only would the religious leaders have been upset by Jesus pointing out that the Gentiles are now invited into God's kingdom too, but they're also upset because in the story, Jesus points out that the guests, the initial guests, Israel, make up all sorts of excuses um, in refusing to come to the meal. They would rather choose the things of this world, the business and the field. But many went to their businesses and to their fields, we are told. The problem is not the business. 
The problem is not that they've got to go and harvest and work the fields. That's not the problem. The problem is when, it com- when the business comes first, when the field comes first, when we become so obsessed with the activities of this world that there's no time for the things of God's kingdom, no time for prayer, no time for worship, no time for service, no time for love, uh, loving others. And the Pharisees understood exactly what Jesus was saying because after this parable, the very next verse, verse 15, we get told this, then the Pharisees went out and they laid, pl- laid plans to trap him in his words. So they got it. The first hearers of this parable understood exactly what Jesus was saying. My Jewish brothers and sisters, you have missed the boat. Or don't miss the boat. This is a warning. Don't miss the boat. God's plans for you is being fulfilled in your midst right now. His plans that you've been hearing about for hundreds and even thousands of years before this, they are being fulfilled in your midst. But if you are distracted by the cares of this world and the agendas of others, you are going to miss out. And remember that God's purpose for Israel has always been to bless the whole world. That is God's purpose from the very beginning. Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation to bless the nations. That is the reason for your existence. Not for yourself. Israel is not for you. It is for the world. It is not about you. It is about God. It is about the world. And all are invited to the banquet. So don't miss out. Very strong words from Jesus. And as I say, those religious leaders understood exactly what he was saying. And they were angry by the story. Okay. But now it's 2,000 years later. The Christian faith, this good news about Jesus, about God's love for the world, about salvation, has spread throughout the world, um, embracing all people. So now what does the story have to say for you and me today? Well, very briefly, three things. Firstly, back to where we started. The kingdom of God is like a wedding banquet. Just let that image kind of settle into your mind and your heart. The kingdom of God is like a wedding banquet. There is a promise from God. There is an expectation that responding to His invitation to be part of His work and His life and His kingdom is like a wedding banquet, which means joy, it means feasting, it means abundance, it means fellowship, it means belonging, it means having a clear sense of why we are here. It is true that we are not meant to just be a bunch of grinning Cheshire cats denying the pain and the trouble of the world that also comes along with life because life has suffering and sorrow and trouble. But this analogy of the wedding banquet reminds us that we also have victory and forgiveness and healing and promise and power and purpose. It's a wedding banquet. And this is not something we manufacture from within ourselves by simply putting a smile on our faces and laughing all the time. This deep sense of joy and belonging and meaning comes from God's Spirit. So when He invites us into that wedding banquet, and have you ever noticed that when you go into the wedding banquet, or into a wedding, everyone is feeling, or most people are feeling exactly like you're feeling. They're happy to be there, they're excited, and that Spirit uh, moves amongst that, uh, in, you know, that feeling, that atmosphere, uh, moves there in that wedding hall. 
And it's the same when we join God's kingdom. His spirit moves us and fills us. Of all the things Jesus could have used to describe his kingdom, a wedding banquet. Fantastic. The second lesson for us is that the invitation is extended to all. And I think you and I need to be pushed a little bit here. Because it's comfortable to be with people who are similar to ourselves. Part of a church or a community where we are all mostly the same. All mostly South Africans. All mostly middle class. All mostly employed. It's comfortable to be with similar kinds of people. But the invitation is to all. Bring them in from the streets, we are told. From the streets. You know, there's so much rhetoric in our country and around the world that sets people up against one another. Us versus them. There is no them with God. All are invited. Yes, not all will respond, but all are welcome. So it's a wedding banquet. All are invited. And thirdly and finally, if we do respond to the invitation, as I think that's why we're in worship today, if we do respond to the invitation and we do come to the banquet, in other words, if we don't have other excuses and we don't allow the things of this world to draw us away from God and His purposes, then we must expect, however, to be tra- transformed and changed. If we're going to accept this invitation and come to this wedding banquet, which is God's kingdom, we must expect to be changed. Because Jesus ends with this troubling phrase, many are invited, but few are chosen. And that follows the last part of the story where the host, the king, comes across a guest who's not properly dressed and has him chucked out. What's that all about? I remember as a teenager, now of course teenagers are always very self-conscious, so this was not a very good moment in my life, but I was, went along with my family to a hotel in Cape Town. And I, actually, I can't remember which hotel it was, but we went along to go have dinner there, or it must have been some occasion, and I arrived without a jacket, and apparently it was jackets only. So we, uh, we meet there at the, whoever the maitre d' or whatever the person is there and says, uh, this young gentleman will have to have a jacket. <laughs> I just want to crawl under the, the carpet. You know? So he says, no, 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 come with me, come with me. We have a room. So off we go <laughs> to this back room. He opens the door and there's these jackets, whether they lost property or I don't know what they are, but they're these jackets like, let's try on a few, shall we? And he's trying on a few jackets, <laughs> strangers' jackets. One fits and off I kind of sleep back humiliated, embarrassed uh, to the table to join my parents. Now, uh, it's true that nowadays weddings are not very formal anymore uh, in terms of getting dressed up as they were years ago. But the fact is, we do get cleaned up and dressed up for weddings. We don't just, let's say we were working in the garden in the morning, you don't just kind of get up from having worked in the garden covered in dust and sand and dirt and go off to the wedding. You don't, you get cleaned up, you get showered, you wash your hair maybe, you paint your face, you know, you... Uh, brush your teeth, you put on a set of clothes, you get dressed up because you're going to a wedding. You change. That's the word we use. That's the phrase we use. Go and get changed. We're going to the wedding. We change. The king finds a guest who has accepted the invitation but hasn't changed into the wedding clothes. In Galatians 3 verse 26 we are told this, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself 
with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, hey? all are invited, neither slave nor free, male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed, hey? members of Israel, and heirs according to the promise, because you have been clothed with Christ. So we respond in faith to the invitation, we join God's kingdom, and then we should expect to be changed, clothed in Christ. But it seems that Jesus is saying that although many will come, not all will accept the clothing. Not all will be ac accept the covering of His Spirit. And so will not be able to be part of the work and the banquet. Last week in the link, Karen started a little insert where he, she interviews one week at a time uh, our staff members. So she started with me last week and has a set of questions, and I think this week was Alwyn. And one of the questions, what is your favorite Bible verse? Yo, and I found that very hard, because there's so many. But I singled it finally down to two, Joshua 1.9 and 2 Corinthians 5.17. But a close third was this one, 2 Timothy 3 verse 5. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days, which is the times we live in, where people will have the form of godliness. They will be attending the wedding banquet, but they will deny its power. They will deny the power of God to change them. Coming to the wedding banquet, but refusing to be changed by the power of God's Spirit. When we come to Jesus, when we join God in His kingdom, when we accept the invitation to be part of His feast and His work, we must not deny the transforming presence of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. He wants to bless us. He wants to transform us with ever-increasing glory into the likeness of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18 So God invites all to His banquet, to His kingdom, to be blessed and to share in His life. Don't let the things of this world distract you from being part of His banquet. But if you do come, Expect to change. Expect a new life. Expect a new set of clothes and join in God's glorious community of joy. Now that is a story worth telling. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this very vivid image you've given us of your kingdom that it is a place of celebration and belonging, um, a place of acceptance. And we thank you, Lord, that you have extended this invitation far and wide and that anyone who responds can have a seat at your table. We thank you, Lord, that your kingdom is one in which your Holy Spirit generates joy and hope. And as we partner with you, that we will experience um, what it is to feast with you, Lord, to be part of a plan and a purpose that is beyond even our own lives, that goes into eternity. So, Lord Jesus, as we respond um, to your invitation in the, in the affirmative and we join with you and others at your table, 
we thank you for the transformation that takes place in our lives when you do that. And that you are making us more and more into your likeness and image. So Lord Jesus, uh, thank you once again for including all of us. And help us not to allow the things of this world to distract us from the joy of being at your table. In Jesus' name, Amen.